Hello and welcome to another episode of the Untitled English Minds podcast. I'm Connor. Joining us as always is Sheridan. Happy 2024, mate. Happy 2024, Connor. And can I just say we've started off on a terrible for we are the unnamed English Minds podcast. Come on, son. Well, do you know what? I'm going to keep that in because one of my resolutions this year is to own my shortcomings and uh, not knowing the name of this podcast is one of them. Um, so <laughs> Uh, any resolutions over your side there, mate? Yeah, to keep bringing you up on your shortcomings. Oh, well, there we go. That, that really works together then, like the dynamic <laughs> duo that we are. Um, I'm, I'm really annoyed about that. And it, it does bring me on to something that's been on my to-do list for a long time is thinking of a better name for the podcast, but I just can't do it. There's, there's nothing that comes up and is like, yeah, no, that's just definitely good. I racked my brain over christmas trying to come up with a name i was like we've got to do better than this because we had i had a conversation um with a couple of people i remember distinctively on the distinctly on the way to berlin having a conversation with a guy who was saying like i love you guys i love listening to the podcast but if you don't think of a new name i'm never listening again and that kind of stuck with me and i was speaking with people over christmas um but like everyone I asked to say, like, oh, come on, guys, we do a, a podcast for, for Mainz in Germany. You know, can you think of any decent names for us? And they're like, who's Mainz? So it was a bit of a dead end anyway. Um, but we've got to do this. We've got to come up with a better name than the unnamed slash untitled English Mainz podcast. Yeah, no, the, the name is so bad that the host of the podcast doesn't know what it's called. So uh, <laughs> I think we need to. Uh, but if you have any ideas, then write us in on Twitter. We're at UEMP05. And then once we get a new name, we'll probably change that. Um, and uh, if we don't get any good ones, we're just going to have to call it Brookvig Banter. I'm sorry, Sheridan, but <laughs> that's uh, that's the sort of axe that we're going to hold over everyone's head. Don't ruin it for all of us. <laughs> Don't do no, this exactly, to us. Exactly. He's shaking his head if you... Because uh, <laughs> we're, we're not recording the video, but there is a video and he is shaking his head. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Oh, that's a lot of preamble. Um, I wanted to do a quick episode, really, Sheridan, because we didn't do the last couple of games of 2023. So it'd be nice to sort of have a quick chin whack about those. Uh, but mainly, uh, with there not, having not been a few games, uh, games in the last few weeks, just wanted to kind of do a little palate cleanser, uh, talk about a little bit of news, talk about that uh, those last couple of games uh, before we go into this weekend's game against Wolfsburg, which is really the main event um, and at which point the regular service will begin um, or recommence, uh, as it were. Um, so in that time, I think there's not been loads of news, but there has been big news, uh, namely Jan Ziva getting the job full time. Um, he was... Uh, coach until further notice um and now further notice has been extended i think to 2026 so um good for him um any thoughts on this yeah, not like that we didn't talk about at the end of last uh at the end of last season at the end of last year um we were saying actually do you know what the improvement happened at the club you could see on the pitch that there were improvements to a certain extent or right, we didn't start winning games necessarily I mean we did we won one game which is more than than Svensson managed in the, the beginning of this season um not to drag Svensson's name through the mud we all know uh our feelings on him uh, uh we we love you Bo if you're listening um but but it was it was I think it was unsurprising that, that Ziva got the job in the end and I don't know if it was unsurprising in the sense that we like promoting internally and it was a, a decision that we saw coming um based on based on history or if it's a decision we saw coming based on history because i don't trust heidel and schmidt to actually have had a plan b once fenson uh, put his resignation in um but i'm quietly optimistic that he will at the very least succeed in keeping us in the bundesliga which i think is 
not necessarily bare minimum, but that is the the absolute. You cannot fail that. You, we cannot get relegated. That's that we can't be having this yan. Um, but it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see, and I think it will pan out in the way like we spoke previously that he's got until he's got a contract until twenty twenty six. Though it is a longer deal, three years. Whether he will get the until kind of mid March, and then we panic and 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 shoot him in the back or if uh, the trust is placed in him and if we do go down then that that leads into okay that gives you an entire summer to build for life in the second division we'll see it, it's just been nice really um that this was done early enough that he's going to have the entire trans winter transfer period he's had the entire break which means that he's been in marbella in southern spain at the training camp with the guys um to to kind of stamp in his ideas um, whilst I've been able to sit there and, and, and not think about Mainz too much, which has been glorious for the last four weeks after what has been a poor start to the season. Yeah, I think the last point about sort of just getting it done quite decisively a couple of days after that Dortmund game um, just before Christmas, I think was good in terms of you just remove any of that doubt from it. You allow the plans for January to get underway. You allow that hopefully better second half of the season to um, take root. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, we can definitely say like, well done to them on that one, sort of calling that fairly early because, yeah, it's it's not been something that we've had to think about for a little while now. I just, I think where I come down on it is I don't really know if it was the right decision. I don't think before he was appointed, um, I was like massively would have. Like, I don't know if he would have been the person I would have chosen on on an, or around the twenty second of December last year, purely because. I think the impact immediately when he came in was good in terms of we got the win against Leipzig. Um, we got some sort of turnaround in performances as November wore on into December. And then I, I just think that the problem from my side is that after we kind of got slightly better in December, we kind of just got stuck at a point where it was the same thing every week of kind of creating a few chances, but nothing like 100% like have to score. Well, maybe one or two, um, not scoring. Um, and uh, yeah, just being undone by silly errors, um, which meant that performances and XG ratings and all that kind of stuff was a lot better than the amount of points in the bank. Um, and just sort of then trying to extrapolate that over the season, is it... Is that going to be enough for us to stay up? Are we going to end up bringing someone in or get bringing someone back that's going to turn those sort of half chances we were creating into goals? Um, and are we going to start winning games in the second half of the season? Um, or do we need someone else with a little bit of a different idea about how you attack a game to come in and, uh, and do it? And I, I don't have like a hugely strong opinion, but I just kind of look at it and it's like, I don't feel hugely inspired by the decision. And, and it's not like a name... You look at someone like a Bo Svensson, who, like, when he was appointed and he's got that long, long history of Mainz, that you kind of think, regardless of anything else, like, I'm 100% behind you, like, regardless of what you want to do, um, because of that kind of long history. Whereas with Ziva, where he's kind of been at the club for a few years, history from um, sort of other clubs as well, it's kind of, I guess he has come through the ranks to a certain extent over, what, four years or so, but I don't necessarily sort of have the like, closest, like, really like rooting for you on a personal level I'm hoping he does well because he's the manager of the club that we're sort of podcasting about and support but beyond that I mean if it gets to like in 10 games time we've not won again I'll be very happy to hound him out so it's uh yeah I think it's gonna be an interesting one yeah it's it's difficult isn't it because I I mean the other problem the main problem for me was if we didn't bring Ziva in then who would we have bought him and you looking at the the other options, and you we we spoke previously. There would have been uh, Baumgart from who, who's ended up getting sacked from Cologne as well, and there was Fischer from Union, 
and comparing them, okay, they've had a lot more Bundesliga experience in 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 their careers. Um, would they necessarily have been better appointments than Zivat? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, maybe for lots of reasons. Maybe not for lots of other reasons. Um, so I, 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 for me personally, it was, it was, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know if it's a good decision. I don't know if it's a bad decision, but it's, it's one that I will get behind him, um, 100%, like you say, um, until it, I mean, in, in, in any job, if, if in 10 games time, when we're what, what would that be? We're looking at 16, 26 games into the season. So we might have eight or nine left and we've still only won once all season. Then you're praying for a miracle at that point. Anyway, if the manager's not gone by then, then I don't know what you're doing. Cause he would, he would have had in total about 15 games by then. Um, and if you've still not won, then then I don't know. You're just a dire straight. Um, so we we need to see what's going to happen. But we're fully. I'm fully behind him. I'm sure you are um, as well. And obviously, I am. Yeah, no, exactly. We will get behind him. The first game is going into going into the first game back after the winter break at the weekend and saying, "Look, listen, Jan, uh, I would cheer for you, but I'm not 100 percent sure if you were the right appointment." No, there's none of that. So. Um, we're looking forward to things. I'm interested to see what's happened. I'm interested to see what's going to happen after having four weeks break um, where he can really stamp his ideas and he can sit down with the players and say, this is the football I want to play. This is how I'm going to do things. These are maybe the signings that I want to make if we end up making any famously minds that aren't great but bringing players in during the winter um, rather than coming into a high-pressure situation where all our eyes on you because all you've done is all the club has done all season is lose and, and, and draw. Um, that he's got a time to kind of settle in and then we look at it and we go, okay, this is match day one, essentially. Show us what you can do and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think to be fair, for the amount I've winched about the way that the club have made decisions this season, I think this is a very difficult position to be making an appointment in, in terms of you're kind of in a relegation battle, but you also kind of want to set yourself up for long-term success as well. Uh, we're not in a, we're not really in a situation where you're going to go full German big Sam Allardyce. <laughs> um, so uh, at, at the same time, it's like you can't afford taking a risk that might work. Like There are examples of clubs taking a risk on a managerial appointment that might not work when they're going to sort of stare down the barrel of relegation but they're few and far between you sort of try and go for some sort of known quantity uh obviously Ziva's been in a relegation battle it didn't go very well but uh he has experienced it before and hopefully taken his lessons from it uh, so I think it's one of those ones as a halfway house to in the moment this should be decent in terms of turning us around and in the long term there's some kind of potential thing to build on hopefully I'm talking myself around here uh, it will, it, hopefully it will be a good appointment but yeah only time will tell on this one um, and uh, all we have at this point are what six games up until Christmas and then lots of hypotheticals in our mind uh, which we have indulged in so oh, talking about the many games before Christmas Sheridan we didn't cover a couple of them towards the end of December um, so uh, let's have very quickly your thoughts on the Heidenheim game at home well, we didn't cover a couple of games for a lot of reasons, like illness, uh, holidays, doing other things, work schedules. There was there was good reason not to cover the games. But like looking back at the Heidenheim game, I'm glad we never did because we've we've, we've had negative podcasts this season. But the Heidenheim one would have been brutal. Like the, I did not have a good word to say about that game. We lost one nil against a team that has been promoted into the Bundesliga. I'm ninety percent certain for the first time in their history, certainly in modern history. Um, and were f- were favourites to finish bottom of the league this season, um, and 
they they did what every newly promoted team does well. And they sat in, soaked up pressure, hit us on the counter, scored a goal, um, and and walked away with a clean sheet and a, and three points. Um, and that that was it's synonymous of our season so far of just not being able to break down teams when we go forward. Um, the chances that we do create, we don't take. Um, and then we create, oh, we concede sloppy goals at the back. But fundamentally in a football match, if you don't put the ball in the back of the net, then the other team may slash will do. And that's what happened. And we lost three points in a, in a game that we, we were saying before, we've got to win this. We've got to win this. This is huge. And I... <sighs> I, I don't remember thinking, okay, we're going to score. I, we had chances, you know, there were there were scraps in the box. And I remember texting you during, during the game and saying, some of these kind of loose balls in the box, if it was the other way around, the ball's in the back of the net already. But the way our season's going, that's just not falling for us. But it was never a clear-cut, 100%, you have to score their chance. It was just the, this might bobble in, and I hope it does, but it, it never did. Um, and it was points dropped. To, you, to, to use the phrase, it was points dropped. Yeah, I mean, like the overall performance wasn't horrible, but also wasn't good enough to say actually even on balance of the game, we deserved anything out of that. So like, yeah, the ball didn't quite drop right, but I think you summarised it quite well. I don't really have much to add. I actually wrote before Christmas a newsletter uh, for my uh, sort of, yeah, writing project where I'm sort of covering some of the Mainz games I've gone to. And on this one, I didn't discuss the game at much length at all because it wasn't that interesting. And it was more the off-pitch stuff with regards uh, sort of the DFB investor deal and the sort of 12 silent minutes at the start of the game that for me was way more interesting. I think that topic is just too large to go into. Yeah. It was supposed to be a quick palate cleanser of a podcast. But um, again, I think that it, from that, that the perspective of that day, it was way more interesting being in a stadium for that than uh, it was watching the game itself. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a lot to discuss about that over the coming months and years, maybe, depending on how long the podcast got left in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, depending on if the new name's any good um, before Brookvig Banter takes over. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I, the, the thing that came immediately after that then was uh, at least a positive note to end the year on. Um, I remember sort of going in is my last night in Germany of the year before I was going to go fly home for Christmas uh, Christmas tree lights on TV on Dortmund away memories of that glorious day in May uh, <laughs> <laughs> where we won two all uh, <laughs> and um, yeah uh, it's one of those ones I remember the first half I was just like this is really hard to watch but then the second half performance uh, we got we got the goal back we, we would won all at the break uh, and then the second half I was just constantly thinking we can win this and kind of you don't want to be sort of coming out of a game away in Dortmund thinking I'm disappointed we didn't win that but actually based on the way that we played I think I kind of was to a certain extent like not disappointed with the team but just disappointed that they didn't get the reward for quite a brave performance in the second half. Yeah absolutely we always say going into Dortmund away or and a lot of teams in the Bundesliga will say that actually if you go there if you'd said to me before kickoff, look, we'll give you a point. You, to, to use another cliche, you would have snatched someone's arm off, especially in the in the situation we've been in this season. If if you'd said to me before the game, look, here's a point, just go home. I'd have been on the first train. Just thanks very much. Yep, see you later, lads. Don't worry about it. Um, I didn't get to watch the game. I, I watched bits of it, but I like I'd gone back to my my family for for Christmas and I caught some of it over dinner, um, including Vandenberg's equaliser of his first goal for the club which we're all buzzing about obviously he's received a lot of slack this season some of it warranted some of it not so um, so it was good to see him get on the score sheet and kind of um, release a bit of that that pressure that's been on him 
Um, but it was, yeah, but I, I, like, I didn't see the second half, but I think you summarised it well when you're saying that actually um, everyone that I spoke to that was at the game saying actually there was a totally different Mainz team from the one that turned up against Heidenheim or didn't turn up as it is um, against Heidenheim. And I don't know what it is about going to Dortmund where apparently we just love spoiling their party and long may it continue. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to, you know, return fixture, one of the last kind of home games. I think it is the last home game of the season, isn't it? I think it is, uh, yeah. When we play them in May. It'd be nice to sort of turn them over then, deny them the title and hopefully that's enough <laughs> for us to stay up. Um, but, you know, I think we're sort of looking too far into the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was... An unexpectedly positive note to end the year on. I mean, after Heidenheim, I was just expecting us to lose 3 or 4 nil, Yeah. Um, and uh, just be going into the winter break a little bit downbeat. Uh, but as it is, ending on that note and then knowing, you know, he got three and a half weeks off, I think has worked out really well for us in the sense that, like I say, they've gone to Marbella, they're able to sort of train a little bit um, and uh, hopefully just get some of those sort of bad vibes from the autumn of this year, just out of their heads a little bit and come back to Mainz this weekend and, and turn it around against Wolfsburg, um, who themselves have kind of got their own hangover uh, from the autumn to kind of contend with as well. I think there's been a lot of discontent there with uh, Nika Kovac, et cetera, et cetera. So um, really, I guess we should probably wrap up with sort of discussions of personnel and all that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't really seen that many rumours though. Of, like, I think we, we were discussing sort of towards the end of last year that what we really need is someone who's going to put the ball at the back of the net. But then it just seems for whatever reason, uh, and potentially it's just the club not showing their hand, potentially it's what they're actually wanting to do. But um, whenever they've kind of said anything, it's more just been, a, you know, well, maybe something will happen, but we're quite happy for nothing to happen if, if need be. So have you seen anything that's interested you at least? In terms of new comings, in terms of new signings, no. Um, there was there was a lad in France, um, some six foot five lad from the French second division. So an absolute classic Mainz rumour. It's exclusively who we're ever linked with. Um, I, I couldn't tell you what position he was or what his name was. So I think we're back. I think he was a centre back. I mean, definitely that size, you should be a centre back, shouldn't you? Well, he's, yeah, it's the, the journalistic rigour back in play there. Like, I've got my notes in front of me. No, I haven't. Um, mm-hmm. But it, yeah, I, I think we need a striker. And what I'm hoping is it isn't classic Heidel and Schmidt of... Um, well, we've got lots of injuries and the injuries people, these injured players are going to come back and they're going to be like new signings anyway. Um, I, we'll see what things happen. I, The optimist in me thinks there's a couple of deals going on in the background because I think that Svensson certainly would have had winter targets based on the season we were having and Zivert will have a couple of ideas of players that he thinks will improve the side. Um, and, and then Schmidt and Heidel will have their own ideas and they'll be the ones obviously to go off and do the negotiations. So I cannot in my best interests, imagine that the club doesn't have at least an idea of somebody they might want to sign. I'm worried about whether we actually pull the trigger and and decide that we need to go out and sign someone. Um, with Johnny coming back, he's played a lot of minutes. Johnny Borka. Um, Nelson Viper, though, will be out for longer than expected. Uh, who knows when he's going to be back. L- Ludovic Ajork couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo at the moment. Um, we're struggling for goals and I think that's shown, but is our top scorer, is it Anthony Cassie still with two or three goals this season? It's certainly not a striker. Um, so we'll see what happens, um, but it's 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 needed, a striker. Um, and, and we'll see, hopefully in a couple of weeks, it will stop being, we'll see and we'll go, it's happened and we can get excited about a new number nine. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, because that's the, I think the, the narrative from the club that they have said is that, oh, well, we've got in, injuries and they're coming back. But the injuries are mostly in the defence, right? Like, one that uh, there was an article on today that he should be back sort of sooner than I thought he would be actually is uh, Hanja Olsen. Um, mm-hmm. I think he was, he, he had surgery at the end of September. And I think the reports then was it was going to be six months or so. So I was thinking, you know, come back probably March time. But sounds like he'll be sort of back in sort of contention end of this month potentially latest start of February um, and that that will be a bonus but it's not going to make us better in an attacking sense and I think that's clearly where we're weak like we're not actually conceding that many goals I can't think of games where we've been sort of torn apart at the back under Ziva uh, and yeah what what we've not been able to do is sort of stick it in the back of the net and I think if you don't sign anyone what you are really risking is that Nelson Viper comes back soon uh, and is able to hit the ground running and not get injured again which I think a lot of those things are assumptions uh, and also you are banking that Johnny Burkutt's sort of slowish start back sort of after injury won't continue for sort of much longer. And I'm not saying that in a critical way of him, because I think we've kind of said on the podcast many times that, you know, to be playing again after sort of the amount of in- injuries he's had is a good thing. And uh, if he, he can take all the time, he needs to get back up to speed kind of thing. But at the at the same time, um, yeah, it would be nice to have someone scoring the goals. And if it's going to be people are injured and then people uh, aren't in form, for, for example, like a Jork, then uh, we need to put the ball in the back of the net somehow. So, you Let's, know, whether that's a six-month loan, just someone to come in and do do a Boyan Kirkic or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the problem, is if, if we don't sign somebody, then we're risking the players that we've had for the first six months of the season who haven't scored, continuing not to score. And then we spend the rest of the season, all right, we might not be conceding goals, or we're conceding fewer goals than we were certainly, um, and we just continued like on the in the strain of the Heidenheim game of losing matches one or two nil because up the other end we're not able to score a goal ourselves. So it's I, I I'm all for signing a new striker. I I think it's really important. I mentioned it previously. I just want a classic number nine. I want somebody to stand on the penalty spot when this ball is pinging around as it so often does. Who knows to step away from the defender, step to the left, step to the right, maybe pull off him a yard, whatever it takes. That means that when that ball drops, he's the first person that sniffs it and can just crash it into the back of the net. And I don't care how you do it, just as long as you do it. Um, But on that note, I think it's important to mention Johnny Borkart's contract extension. Yes. It reminds player, he's staying now until 2027, which has put one of the rumours to bed. He's not going to leave on a free in the summer. Yeah, I mean, and it would have been kind of annoying for him to leave on a free in the summer, having not played for best part, well, more than a year. Um, but yeah, good that that sort of relationship will continue for many years, uh, we hope. Uh, and yeah, like I say, I hope he sort of does get back to sort of full performances because, um, yeah, I mean, we've seen some sort of bright sparks so far. Really celebrated his uh, offside goal against Cologne yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh, and I, I look forward to sort of doing it for real. Uh, at some point uh, in the next few weeks hopefully in January we'll see um, I think that the one player that's out of contract that is rumoured to now basically be leaving in the summer will be Leandro Barrero who I believe you well you, you shared that he seems to be on the way to Benfica uh, but in the summer rather than in January yep yeah his uh, contract's running out in the summer isn't it and it would appear to be all all but done um, that he's wrapped up a deal to go over to Benfica in Portugal which He's tough for us. It's tough, tough is, first of all, that we won't get a transfer fee for him because he's worth, in today's market, 10 to 15 million euros, you would have thought, which is a, a, a decent, really decent chunk of money for Mainz. 
Um, he's also going to be a big loss in the centre of midfield um, for a lot of reasons. But I, I cannot say a bad word about that transfer for him personally because it is a step forward. You know, you have to look at it from a neutral point of view as well and say that going from a club in the Bundesliga fighting relegation to a club that is... I haven't looked at the Portuguese league table this season, but they certainly played in the Champions League group stage this season. So I'd assume um, the size of the club that they'd be challenging for the title there, if not at the very least qualifying for the Champions League next season. Um, who's to deny him that opportunity? Um, so I, I, you know, if he does end up going, which it looks like he will do, then we can only wish him the best of luck. And Benfica will have got a really, really quality player um, for free. Yeah, and you know, can't really sort of. Uh... Uh, criticise a man for wanting to live in Lisbon which is uh, a very nice place so uh, fair play to him that, that <laughs> does happen. Uh, he's he's uh, made a good move there even though you know Mainz is also lovely um, yeah I, I think that kind of wraps up a lot of the, the rumours and discussions that we've been having um, I'm just really looking forward to being back in the stadium um, after a few weeks away on Saturday against Wolfsburg don't really have that many thoughts about the game to be honest I think when you sort of have this kind of standing start sort of halfway through the season it can be quite hard to see when is the form going to carry over is there going to be a new breath of air in proceedings so I don't think we need to make any predictions I just think we need to vibe it on Saturday don't we we need to win that's what we need to yeah. do <laughs> when I say we need to vibe it I mean me and you need to vibe it oh absolutely we yeah. need to really sort of get to grips with the matter at no. hand yeah no I think you're right there's, there's not to look too much into it we we just struggled recently against Wolfsburg, but there's, there's, like you say, coming back from a four-week break, there's, there's no reason that Sievert's not stamped his, uh, his ideals on us, and, and we're suddenly going to be prime Brazil. And Wolfsburg turn up, you know, and have three or four games where they just don't hit the ground running at all. Maybe it will be the other way around. Maybe it will be the worst game of football you've ever seen. Who knows? Um, the only thing we can do, like you say, is turn up and um, hope for the best. Well, that is true. Uh, we'll be back to discuss that one uh, at the start of next week. Uh, all going well. Uh, and uh, until then, have a good week. Enjoy the game. Um, and we'll be back with you soon. Take care of yourselves. Ciao.